Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Figus Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here. Hello! It's been a lonely, 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 lonely time. All right, I, I'll, I won't sing for you today. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little excited. It's been a, it's been a good couple weeks here at 5280 Geek in the studios, out and about, interacting, seeing what's going on in the Geekverse, getting caught up. So many things to talk about. Uh, but first, let's talk about our sponsors. The Amatic, the Wonderful, the Blacksmith of Ill Repute. No, that doesn't sound right. She's wonderful, she's perky, she's bubbly, and she is Susie Q's. She crafts these wonderful handmade chain mail jewelry items. Go to SusieQ's.com, check out her wares, see what she's got. If you want to give something that is unprecedented and unexpected, Susie Q's is the way to go. Our other sponsor is Mr. Matt Campbell. He is the creator of uh, Mythica Action Line Studios, and for $20, he will come and read you a story to, to put you to bed to. Yes, every night every night for $20. <laughs> Go to Action Studios, actionlinestudios.com, and enter in 5280 and receive a 15% discount on his trade paperbacks. He does have a, a new story coming soon. I think him and I were speaking and... He, I think he said his Kickstarter is coming soon. So um, go to ActionLineStudios.com. Check out his stuff. Check out his art. Mr. Matt Campbell is spectacular. He's been on a few times. We'll probably have him back once we get a little bit further into the con season to see where he's going to be and appearances and all that. And Susie will be coming back to the studio soon. We've just been all over. I mean, it has been nuts. Between moving the studios... Um, cons, events, just outright everything that's going on. I think it's the, this has been our busiest year to date. In fact, this weekend we will be at Retromania, uh, at the Arapahoe County Fairgrounds. Uh, 5280 Geek actually is, is going to kind of step back a little bit, take a break. Instead, Colorado Ghostbusters are making an appearance. We will be there in full suits, ready to entertain, take photos, uh, educate people on the paranormal and all of their our other shenanigans. Uh, Retromania, I'm like I said, is Rappahoe County Fairgrounds this weekend, and it's a fun fun show. We did it last year, and it was actually it was a really good it was a good time. It was simple. I know the turtles are going to be there, so there could be some some shenanigans. We never know, but you know when do not shenanigans happen uh so then we get a little break and then it's off to philly dallas uh we have an event with space force that we're really excited to be involved with so so many things to bring you things that are coming up uh so so keep it here and we'll keep you filled in in the meantime let's fill you in with some of the stuff that's catching my eye in the grander geek verse one of which holy shit balls okay i shouldn't say that because this is a kids movie but okay 
I finally got to go see Super Mario Brothers, all right? And I have to say, loved it. Absolutely wonderful. This, I mean, okay. Everything aside, I know everyone was upset. Chris Pratt is voicing Mario. Uh, Charlie Cox is doing Luigi. Uh, and and Jack Black as, as Bowser. All of it works. All of it fits. It's spectacular. There are so many Easter eggs and so many throwbacks to just fun memories for me playing Super Mario Brothers. When it came out uh, on the uh, NES system, yes, I, I played it when it first came out and absolutely loved it. Spent hours upon hours, weeks upon weeks, months upon months playing that game. And to see everything just come together as it did was awesome. Even the soundtrack, Aha's uh, song that they have in there actually debuted the same week as Super Mario Brothers. That's why one of the reasons they chose that song. There's some very interesting ties and and connections. The characters are fun. There's even a, uh, an Easter egg for Luigi's Haunted Mansion, which is one of my all-time favorite games. So for them to kind of craft a world that, let's face it, is kind of piecemeal between all of the different games that have come out over the decades at this stage to bring it all together to have it be so cohesive and just fun i i mean i i absolutely loved it donkey kong shows up i'm just like hells yes they're just it, i mean it was fun i can't say that enough and i don't think if you just go in to just be entertained to just watch it and to relive some of the nostalgia and and revel in the characters it's it's so so worth it even like right down to the mushrooms and paying particular attention to all of it and like i said the music the soundtrack is is beautiful it it is it it really just hits all of the right strings especially when you have bowser sitting there as jack black does he always sings a song for whatever movie he's in. It, it, it's his little, little, little tradition that he does. So again, here he is as Bowser sitting at a piano singing a song, and it is it works so well. I just absolutely loved it. And the and the the, the you know what they choose as the song. And I want to spoil it if you know you haven't seen it yet. And if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Just to, just to see how that all worked out. I mean, you think they're going to sit down and do like chopsticks, but it, yeah, they don't. It was it was really it was endearing. I really really loved this film. I will buy this one. This one is going to be in a permanent if a, hopefully they do like one of the steel cases. I I know I've got like new standards now when it comes to my my disc collection so hopefully collector's edition something because it was absolutely marvelous can't can't praise this one enough and i honestly i'm putting it out there now there's going to be a sequel guys i'm telling you there's going to be a sequel it it will be spectacular especially when you have nintendo land and everything just like opening up at universal parks and just it getting such momentum and steam and everything i honestly can see this getting a sequel and it's still in the theaters it's still running strong i mean there were, the theater still was relatively full there was only like a few empty seats and this film has been out for quite some time now in in movie 
years. I don't know, I don't know how you want to <laughs> translate that. But worth it. Go see it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I actually will probably go see it again in the theater. Yes, absolutely have to see it in the theater. Also, speaking of movies um, that I'm totally on board with, if you haven't seen it yet, our review for Dungeons & Dragons popped up a couple weeks ago. Chris Pratt, not Chris Pratt, Chris Pine. Sorry, there's too many Chris's. I got to keep them all straight, and I already have problems with people's names as it is. So, I mean, Owen McGregor still sends me hate mail of, what did my name ever do to you? No, not true. So, Chris Pine, uh, and just a, a, a wonderful cast, did Dungeons & Dragons. Go to 5280geek.com. You can see our meat and potatoes review of it. This film was amazing this thing came out of like nowhere no one had any expectations and why should they let's face it the last few dungeons and dragons films eh, fell a little bit flat and by flat i mean like right into the ground so to have this hit as well as it did is is great and again hopefully screaming sequel or at least something within the vein of this is is hopeful it is now available on Paramount Plus. In fact, it was available on Paramount Plus, Plus starting May 16th, so a couple days ago. So kind of, you know, watching that while doing other stuff around, getting caught up, getting prepped, doing some, some write-ups and things of that nature. And this film is, is, is another keeper, surprise hit. Even Rotten Tomatoes, I think, gave it a 91%. Or, I mean, it's... It's in the 90s, and these guys hate everything. So for this to resonate so well with them, and there's a lot of there's a lot of throwbacks in this. If you've ever played the game, if you've ever even sat down and crafted a campaign, it just there's so many good elements that they pulled from the game and the characters and, and everything else that I just it's an absolute gem, and and I'm I'm hoping we see more of this. And like I said. Uh, Legends of Ex Machina has also hit a chord with me. So this is all like hitting right at the, the right time for me. And I'm just totally just gelling on it. Just it's all it's to it. Now, if you're in the, you know, toy toy side, you know, so here's some points of articulation for you. Uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons toy line with the classic 80s cartoon characters sucks. So there has been some quality issues, if you will on these figures the plastic is wretched it's horrible i of course um immediately as soon as i could went out tried tried to find hank the archer the ranger for um the the toy line he was again favorite character thought he was fun uh i liked him better than the wizard because nobody i don't think ever liked him the barbarian with the unicorn eh, bobby was eh, you know and of course cavalier was is is great as a coward but hank was you know like the the big leader and the electric you know arrow and it was it was the energy bolt it was great i loved it so go out find the figure because war duke came out from for the direct market and went and found hank opened him up so excited yay snap i i mean i barely got him out of the box tried to move his arm and just snapped right off in my hand i was just like oh son of a bitch so that's that's the that's how Dungeons and Dragons figures end for me. I got this amazing War Duke and a gimpy Hank. So, if you're like me and you want to get these figures, because there's more to come out, they've only released I think half of the line. 
I, the one I'm looking the most for out of this is Tiamat, the big six-headed dragon that, you know, they always alluded to in the cartoon that we never never really saw till the end, which was always disappointing to me. That's the big hope. And they did release all of the characters from Dungeons & Dragons from the film and now the cartoon, which the sculpting and the look is great. The problem is you just can't do anything with them. The plastic is so shoddy and just bad. I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, it broke right at the joint. So take that as you will. I, I, I mean, I'll still probably, I'll never open them. They'll just stay in, in the box at this point. So it's sad. It's disappointing. Unless Tiamat does, unless they do really do a good job on Tiamat, I might open that one. But in the meantime, fine, whatever. Watch D&D, Paramount Plus, really worth it if you have Paramount Plus. I know that's one another streaming service that... It's kind of hit or miss. The Star Trek stuff has been good, so I've kind of held on to it for for now, and we'll see what uh, what they bring up next. And other stuff. Uh, let's head on over to the streaming side of life. There have been some interesting shakeups, and I'm kind of saddened by the news that I have that this popped in because I, I love these guys. I, I grew up watching their show. A lot of the things that um, I started doing was because I had seen it on Top Gear. It, it was just, uh, I love Jeremy Clarkson. I love his delivery. I love Hammond and the, the, the chemistry between them. And in fact, I would love one day to be able to do a show like Top Gear or The Grand Tour. Now, it has recently been posted that The Grand Tour uh, is basically done they have one more season reportedly coming out and then that is it evidently uh, jeremy clarkson who has ran into trouble with the press before let's face it jeremy has a bit of a temper or is a little uh, uh cantankerous let's put it that way he's easily agitated so in the past he's made some very poor choices and that's fine live and learn but evidently he had made an offhanded comment that wasn't appreciated, and instead of, I, I don't know the whole story, it involved Meghan Markle and the, the royal family. So Amazon has decided not to renew the uh, the Grand Tour or Clarkson's Farm, which I have found absolutely wonderful. And I've seen, I mean, all of the Grand Tours have, I loved the shift from the the car show that they were trying to recreate the magic of Top Gear. There's just, there's just no way of doing it. There's just too many things that Top Gear had that was perfect. So for them to you know reinvent that or you know reimagine it, it just didn't work. But the one thing that did work is them doing their cross country adventures, which have turned out to be the the high point of Grand Tour and them shifting gears to doing that. And just that alone. And I'm fine with that. We still get some very interesting dialogue and some interactions. And uh, May, who slammed his car into this huge cave in last in the last episode, was amazing. Because, holy crap, that looked like it really hurt. I mean, of course it hurt because he just slammed into a... Yeah, you have to watch it. No spoilers. But May got messed up. So... 
the, the the whole interaction and everything that they do is still there. It's still fun, and for them to do the final season uh, is is just uh, heart wrenching. And I don't know what the fate of everyone else is, but um, we shall see. I know that they're currently filming. Um, I think Clarkson's farm right now, so they'll do a series three, and the uh, current season for, I think it's season six for Grand Tour. So we still one more batch, and then it is done, and it is that saddens me, makes me so sad. But all things have their time and their place, and hopefully they will do something inspirational and and if you haven't watched Clarkson's farm go watch it it's very interesting and compelling and Clarkson is is kind of a boob but it's it's still like you know a guy just trying to find his way he's stubborn he doesn't think things all the way through it's very kind of it kind of reminds you of like a, a a real life tool time you know where it's just man man you know rock rock hammer hammer that kind of crap and it just blows up and you know if he'd only just stopped to think about it and his perspective is kind of funny honey is bee juice i like it i'm in (laughs) go check out these these final shows we'll let you know when the uh, air dates are as of right now there are no dates set for the final episodes or final seasons and as they show up i will let you know and uh to all uh my fellow top gears we will we will mourn them in other streaming news we'll slip on over to the marvel side of life we got loki season two which is reportedly pushed back to the fall of 2023 so and i don't know um it's supposed to premiere october we'll we'll see but disney's done a lot of interesting choices and i I, i'm trying to remember what show it was that they're talking about dumping all the episodes at once break i think it's the the next um hawkeye series that they're just going to drop all no 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 it was uh the echo series the new echo series is rumored that they're going to drop all the episodes at once which disney has rarely done it's been there are a few things that you know they've completely dropped like star wars visions which we will talk about so excited about that one but um i think disney's trying to figure out where they're going guardians of the galaxy is in my mind one of the final best marvel films we're probably going to see for a while um and i think that marvel is trying to figure out their footing on what they want to do and how they want to move forward with Kang and everything else and Loki being kind of the center of this story there are some mentions and there's some allusions in Quantumania and then of course there are some questions that come up in Guardians with you know alternate Gamora and things of that along those lines I don't know no spoilers but with Loki kind of pushing back further I don't know if it's a good idea or bad idea. Supposedly they're picking up right where the original um, chapter came to a close, and we continue the story from from that perspective. And it looks like they're trying to shift Loki into more of a um, hero role, and that's fine. I'm kind of for that, actually. I did like the Loki series in the comics, him trying to find his way, 
which is nice. One of the direct quotes that came out of the production team is he always uh, a little bit of an outsider in Asgard and in the Royal Palace. There, and I think season one, was about discovering that he could be more. And this is from the producer Stephen uh, Broussard. He went on to say, I think season two will continue that in unexpected ways. So I'm excited for people to go on that journey with Loki in the, to- in the hands of Tom, who is one of the most amazing actors I've ever had the good fortune of working with. So at least the production team seems to be getting along, which is something to be said these days because everyone's infighting and writers are on strike and God knows how that's going to affect everything. Again, there is no release date specifically yet. Just October 2023. I, for one, am excited to see them take Loki to all new heights. I had reservations about season one. I still kind of do. And simply just because they continued to make Loki the butt of the joke. That if something, hey, we need a laugh, punch Loki in the crotch. Oh, we need a laugh, punch Loki in the face. Hey, we need a laugh, drop something on Loki. It just, (sighs) lazy writing. But there were some really good moments, and there's some really good exploration of the character and expand of who he thinks he is. And to see that realization in his eyes as he sees his own end was kind of like, wow, that was that was a kick to the junk. You're like, oh, so that's how you go. Will season two be better? I can only hope. I'm God hoping that we see more of like we did towards the end where we have the multiple Lokis. We see some some fun characters brought in from the comic books. Some things that, you know, I wouldn't expect, but I'm all for. I want I want to be I want to be wowed at this point. You have one of the largest IPs at your disposal. You have decades worth of material. You shouldn't be hard-pressed to find something fun and obscure and just to kind of bring it in and, and just have fun with it. So I'm, I'm, my expectations are getting higher and higher with the ability of like, okay, let's, let's, let's get going. Let's, let's see this. And I think Loki is a perfect vehicle to further along those stories into the next phases. We lost Iron Man, but how and who is going to be the one that continues to carry um, the storyline? Who's, who's the main focal point? I wanted to think it was going to be Ant-Man or Spider-Man, and both of those look like they're in a bit of a a holding pattern. So it's very interesting to see what direction they're going to go, especially on the other side of this when we see announcements for Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, if you're not aware of, is a series that ran back in the early aughts. The scrolls basically had come and uh, were was were impersonating a lot of the major heroes. So it was a question of who really was who. And to see him kind of approach this story, I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see it, especially with the return of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, who I think has been a godsend for the role. And maybe he's the one to kind of carry us into the next phase. However, when there are quotes that directly come from him, and one of them is that uh, Nick Fury, er, Nick Fury uh, Samuel Jackson recently uh, revealed that the Avengers will not have a big role in the upcoming Disney Plus series of Secret Invasion. While Avengers characters like Don Cheadle, uh, who is War Machine, or uh, Rhodes, 
he's ultimately comes down to giving Jackson more room to explore the character as far as Nick Fury. So I'm I'm not here's here's my problem. I think we know Nick Fury's character fairly well at this stage. There was a big reveal in Captain Marvel with, you know, his history and his motivation. We saw him through all the phases of Marvel over the last 10 years. So I think I kind of we, we I I'm feeling we got a firm hold on on Nick Fury, all right? So to have him like explore further, okay. And I know it's like you can trust nobody. I'm more inclined to see like the scrolls. I want there's so many characters that are involved in the story that I think for them to cut off the Marvel universe and just focus primarily on Nick is a bit short-sighted. I mean, we could bring in Spider-Woman who's one of the key elements to the story. I know we will have um Colby Smothers is returning. So we'll we'll get her uh and Amelia Clark uh are, are both slated or have been listed in the credits for this season or the, the the whole show. I don't know if it's one season, two seasons. Again, Disney Plus being Disney Plus. Wait to see what happens. So, exploring Nick's character at this stage, kind of late, don't you think? A little, yeah? Do we care? I don't know. I mean, it's Samuel L. Jackson, and we know it's going to be entertaining. We didn't get enough of him in the Avengers films, in my opinion, and I think, again, too little, too late on the Disney Plus side, and and maybe that's that's just what we're going to be stuck with. I guess we will see. Uh, It's only six episodes, and it'll be airing June 21st on the Disney Plus streaming platform, and I guess, you know... I'll 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 wait for judgment till the end, but I'm sure there will be plenty of comments in between. And speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, I've waited long enough. Here's my take on the Guardians of the Galaxy three, which um, is just so heart wrenching. You you fall in love with CGI animals. Who knew who could happen? <sighs> Oddworld is is awesome. There are so many fun little things that we see in Guardians that we don't know what's going to happen. But at the end, and again, no spoilers as much as I can, we see a very interesting Guardians team at the end. And I can only imagine the, the, the thought process that went into it. Because we got two layovers, of course, with Groot and Rocket and Adam Warlock, who was completely... <sighs> I don't want to say useless, but damn. I mean, literally, Drax and, and Adam Warlock could have been interchangeable as far as the character is concerned. I I had a humongous love for the character back in the day. Jim Starlin created him. Adam Warlock is also one of the crucial, you know, linchpins to the Infinity Gauntlet saga. And what happens after that? He is He is a tactician. He is logical and the the adam warlock we get in the movie are none of that he's a temperamental child in fact they should put him in timeout in fact they did they just blew him up see i like that answer (laughs) gun just creates a character that nobody likes and he just blows him up just like oh boom all right he's he's out of the he's out of the picture for now it's fine see you later the uh the end result uh, is is a very interesting takeaway 
The Guardians that make it end up mostly going in search of themselves. I, I in fact, all of them kind of find this weird moment of, of end. They don't... It's very difficult to explain because you have everyone that like seems to have an, an end. There's a bow. There's it, it's it's wrapped up nice and neat. There's a few you know low hanging things, especially with Star Lord, left with his own thoughts and kind of facing things from his childhood that he's never faced because he hasn't had to deal with it. So his story kind of makes sense. Mantis as well, but I mean Drax, uh, Gamora, uh, and even uh, um, Nebula. All three just kind of, uh, it makes sense, it's nice, it feels warm and fuzzy at the end, but it just seems like there was so much left that there could have been done? I don't know, it's hard to say. All the characters do have their moments. Everyone has their moment in the sun, everyone does get to shine. We see the high and we see the low, especially with Star-Lord, who is still dealing with the loss of his Gamora, even though... The one we have is mm, a little less than friendly towards him and running with the Ravagers, who, let's be face it, let's face it, that was kind of the fun part of the film to see all the different Ravagers and uh, the CGI that Gunn came up with for them. It's kind of fun to see. And, of course, Nathan Fillion returns. He's not Wonder Man, which, again, huge miss. Really was wishing that we would have seen a Wonder Man in the Guardians line, but it's just not meant to be, I suppose. At the end of it, you walk out teary, misty, if you will. The characters are are close and near and dear to my heart, and I've always loved this series, and I have been one of the 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 flag you know bearers for this this comic, for this movie, for this franchise, for these characters for so long. I I feel like I'm losing a friend. The fact that I think this might be the last of the Marvel universe that we have come to enjoy and love is simply because with Gunn leaving there's no one left of the old guard whether you view that as good or bad is entirely up to your perception but I haven't been too impressed with the last phase things have not gone the way I think Marvel has planned as we see Disney Plus subscriptions fall off and you know waning ticket outcomes for the last few Marvel films let's face it Ant-Man was a guest star in his own film. Michael Douglas kind of, you know, phoned it in. And Michelle Pfeiffer was really the only compelling thing to Quantumania. Besides Bill Murray, Murray's choice in attire. And the less we say about Thor, probably the best. So, the films that I saw coming up, I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling it. I'm not I'm not as anxious or excited as I was in past years of can't wait to see this, can't wait to see this. Marvels, I'm I'm really kind of I don't they're taking a very interesting path and on a story that uh had took years to kind of develop and grow into. So to see how that works out might be fun, it might be interesting, but again, I'm not not feeling it, really not. Guardians of the Galaxy gives us so many closures and and pulls on the heartstrings. The Rocket story is absolutely beautiful. The more and more I think about that, how they pulled all of that together from the the comics, from the the movies, and everything else that has gone into developing these characters is is spectacular. 
I mean, we even get Cosmo, who's, you know, a bad dog. I love it. <sighs> that is what Marvel is. That is that is it. The fun. We do get some quirky jokes. We get some funny stuff. And, you know, it's it's worth seeing in the theaters. Don't miss it in the theaters is my, is my point. Get it. And by far, the best soundtrack. I, I know I'm, like, really drilling in on music lately, but... In the comparison to the three films, this one was great. It had uh, so many good hits, and everything worked so well to coincide. Gun knows his music. I, I can't, we can't we can't deny the man's skill when it comes to orchestrating a scene with with music and just putting it all together, where it makes it that much more of an impact. So, as he runs off to DC and starts scalping, you know, actors to join him on the DC side of life. Who knows who we will see next in a pair of DC tights that, you know, used to be wearing red leather. Oh, not no, that, that came out wrong. You know what I mean. The end of the day, message to walk away with, the takeaway, if you will, see Guardians. It's, it's probably the best Marvel movie you're going to see for some time to come. But, you know, what do I know? Ah, uh, what else? Uh, da, da, da. Oh, speaking of, like, Disney Plus and everything, Star Wars Visions Season 2 uh, landed during May the 4th. And holy crap, that was awesome. There's so many cool elements that this cartoon has, and I love, again, the, the, the shorts approach. There were some, I was like, well, I wish they would have done this or, you know, because I love the samurai take and I love the, the view. There are, however, some very interesting artistic liberties that we see um, with characters and color and storytelling that just expand what they're trying to relay in the story. And it is amazing. I honestly think that season two is better than season one, and it's not very often that you can say that. Usually, you know, the second go is not as good. You know, Love, Death, and Robots. Second season was a little wishy-washy, but then we get the third season, which, again, keeps straight on with, like, season one. However, Visions, season two, is so good. So good. I think, hopefully, that they continue with this. I wouldn't mind seeing, however, if they didn't just limit it to animated i think there is a huge opportunity to do some live action and i know that maybe that breaks the mold and we're getting close with like the 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 3d characterizations and things like that but i think there's a real opportunity for them to do a live action episode for visions and i think the fans would absolutely love it we don't need to know the whole story just having a quick little peek into the star wars universe would be fun and it wouldn't be that difficult to do. There's plenty of stories out there, and I know lots of fanfic that would probably be easily adaptable into a short. But that's just my mind working in overdrive as I'm watching this. And I've already actually watched it a couple times because they're easy enough to blaze through, and it's worth its, its, its watch. Absolutely. And speaking of worth the watch, we've got uh, one of the other things that landed is the Doctor Who trailer. So the 60th anniversary is right around the corner. It's coming close. We have seen more peeks into what's going on with David Tennant returning as the Doctor. He's now 10 and 14. So to see how they evolve this story, we're getting a little bit more with the trailers. In fact, they launched three 
title cards that coincide in it's any guess which one goes with which one but we've got uh the star beast wild blue yonder and the giggle and i the giggle have got to be creatures there's something i mean i'm going to tell you that right now that's probably like a weapon or or just some imposing force so who knows but all these specials really harken back to when david Tennant was on his way out and I have a feeling the production value and energy and everything going into this with Russell back at the helm are going to be nothing but amazing. This is a, a, a fan, a Doctor Who fan's dream come true since things have not been eh, good for the Who fans, the Whovians, for the last few years. We've had some decent stories. Everyone already knows my stance on Chimnal, who can just, you know, get exterminated by a batch of Daleks. So... If you haven't seen the trailers, they are out there, and they're doing this very interesting thing where where it, it's like there's interference or what's happening gets redacted. So they're really trying, and they're taking time to build up the audience and the, the suspense of what the new Doctor is going to be. So who's to say how this turns out? Uh, I mean, we know kind of how it turns out because he's also seen images for the new doctor whose name i am not going to say because i'm going to mutilate it uh but there are some interesting photos coming out of the two new uh the doctor and the new companion and we're supposedly getting another new tardis interior which is much more cathedral like maybe um if the rumors can be can be trusted that i'm getting but keep it here i know the 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 specials are right around the corner and for one i'm i'm finally looking forward to doctor who again in other tv news um we are looking at the last 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 flash episode next week uh they're only doing 13 episodes for the final season and it's been i mean the last couple of stories have been fun They've been interesting. They've been compelling. This is what I wish they would have done the entire time for all 13 episodes and did this kind of like very big crescendo style setup and everything because I don't think there's enough time. There's not. There isn't. There's so many left unanswered questions and things that don't make sense. And can't we get this closure or that closure? And again, bad writing, (laughs) but I get it. It's it's the final. It's on its way out, and there have been some very fun kind of takes. We've gone to the past, we've gone to the present, we've gone to the future, and now who knows how this is going to end. We do know it's going to end with the return of Reverse Flash. We get that character back who has been absolutely amazing through the series. In fact, the one thing that I can say, if I'm going to nitpick this show, is that there weren't enough speedster like villains. And I know you're probably thinking, well, most of the time there was a speedster villain, but they really didn't handle it well. The only other thing that I can think is, you know, different speedsters, and we never really got like a full on rogues gallery attack. I mean, we've got elements of the rogues gallery, but Barry always kind of twisted them to the, the, the brighter side of life by the end of the episode. I mean, Captain Cold, the, 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 um, he, just completely just took him out of the phase and then put him on Legends of Tomorrow. Not saying that wasn't a bad choice because Captain Cold is an amazing character in 11. Same thing with Heatwave. Heatwave went with him. So 
two rogues that we never really saw give Barry that much of a hard time, but there could have been like the weather wizard. There could have been mirror master, um, uh, Kadabra. There, there are so many characters that if they did a proper rogues team up would have actually been, I think more interesting than the mad thinkers season. Uh, I know we did get a little bit with mirror master, but it just wasn't really what we expected. There were so many things that were just, eh, and it was just slow in so many different parts that I think they missed an opportunity. They've missed a lot of opportunities, in my opinion, with The Flash. It has been one of the better WB shows, don't get me wrong, but it's just missed the marks on a lot of, on a lot of spots. So now here we go. We're going into the final episode, Reverse Flash. I'm hoping... With the return of Eddie, uh, Eddie Thrawn, who died in, you know, season one or season two. I think it was season one. Uh, yeah, it was season one that he died. I mean, of course, he's made reappearances and all this, but it's his, his actual character from season one that returns. I'm wondering if we're going to get Zoom. I mean, we've had kind of hints at other speedsters and all of that, but we never really had, like, the proper Zoom character. And I, I'm hoping that's where we're going to see this end. The negative speed force is an interesting take and a, a fun way, I guess, of closing it. But we haven't seen Future Barry. And there were th- elements that made me think that Future Barry is gone, that he's not there. Because why would Barry be on the watchtower with Iris at home? And why would it take so long for a message to get to Barry to the watchtower when I, I, it just doesn't make sense. There's some holes that I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't think so. Unless they just don't want to show future Barry, which is fine. But I think he's, I don't think he's there. I really don't. That's why we've got, you know, velocity and impulse didn't even make an appearance on this episode. So again, another miss some opportunities that just <sighs> seriously, come on guys. It's the final episode, final episodes. Give us something big, but We'll see how it ends. I'm I'm sad, but also kind of relieved that it's coming to a close. The heart that was there is gone. It's just them going through the paces at this point, and people that don't want to be there. I just look at the the cast, and you can just tell that it, you know, eh. What happened to all the the fun different characters that came through? They're all all but forgotten and and moved away. So it's it's done. It's ran its course. I'll let you know what the final episode looks like. Uh, fingers crossed. I still think that they're missing an opportunity again to our final episode. It would be it would be worth it. But no, we're just we're just going to have emotions, you know, in the streets, in, in hallways, corridors, sit down, have some coffee, talk our feelings out. <laughs> Bullshit. I want some stuff smashed. <laughs> <coughs> Yes, so there you go. Moving on, what else? Oh, so lots of video game shit. Holy crap. All right, Jedi Survivor, absolutely hooked on. So, so many feelings, so many thoughts on this game, and absolutely hooked on it. The the force powers, the characters, the build, the environment, the whole first intro to the game is absolutely marvelous. Um... I think 
I, I want, <laughs> I know, I, I need, I need more of this. I need, I want to see some live action of these characters, just simply because it has just been a fun game. Yeah, I don't know how many people are out there. Uh, the Last Jedi, no, it wasn't Jedi. Uh, Last Jedi. I'm trying to remember the last one with the character. And anyway, the game was great. Totally got hooked on it with the uh, the second sister, uh, all of the the Force stuff, and hunting around the different planets. They've expanded on that so much more. The characters are great. Just, ugh. If you're a Jedi fan, if you're a Star Wars fan, this is definitely a must-play. I've uh, just I've lost hours on this game when I should be, like, doing other stuff, you know, like work. But, eh. Instead, I got a Jedi game that needs to be beaten. There is a collector's edition out there for this that has different skins and, and outfits. So if you're like me and you got to have everything, uh, they're fun. It's worth, I think it's worth it, but maybe not as much as they charged. But in my opinion, uh, it was so it's, yeah, need to have it if you're like me over over the top. In other video game news, um, Legends of Zelda, the new release, has been really well received. I tried playing a little bit of this because I'm, I'm trying to wiggle it in between like Star Wars time and everything else that I've got going on. But Tears of the Kingdom have has been great. The merge fa- the merge skill power is actually really fun. I mean, yes, it does have kind of like a Fortnite feel to me when you're building, you know, bridges and uh, stuff to move around, especially when you're like throwing things as you're running. But the merge factor for weapons and and other things has been really kind of cool. There's also uh, the geoglyph uh, and so many other things to find, in addition to like portals and where caves are, has been like really, uh, it's hard to explain, but it has been one of the best Zelda games, and I know every time it almost seems to get better with Zelda. This, again, top, top shelf. Holy, holy crap. And I really love the graphics and the character design is is right on, in my my opinion. I know I was sitting talking to one of my buddies about it, and, and he, you know, longs through the days of Zelda, Zelda running around in the tunic and all of that. But to be honest, I'm kind of feeling, you know, this one with the armor and the different uh, skins that you can get. And I think... I think they're right on on point with this. Now, if you're not a Zelda fan, what's wrong with you? What I really like the most, however, not the fact that, you know, if you're not a Zelda fan, uh, the dragon tears that you're collecting, it's triggering, you know, memories and and cutscenes that are shedding light on untold events around Zelda, Link, and the looming threat of Hyrule. So, again, we're telling more story as you're running around in a very open environment, and I'm finding that absolutely compelling. And it's hard right now, because I want to play this, and this is going to take a lot of time, and I want to play my Star Wars game, because that's going to take a lot of time, because I have to completely explore all of the planets, and there's so much to run around and do in... uh, just in Zelda that it's nuts because collecting now supposedly uh, collecting all the dragon tears provides uh, an opportunity to collect a rare and elusive silent princess flower so I'm very I'm on the hunt 
for all of the dragon tiers, of course, because I'm a completionist, and I'm sure that there's an achievement point for getting all of those. Oh, no, it's Nintendo. They don't do that, but it still doesn't matter. I want them all. I got to have them all. It's just worth it. If you're on the fence, you don't know if you should pick up Zelda, you absolutely should. If you have a Nintendo, this is a must-have game, without a shadow of a doubt. But, like I said, have fun with the, the merging ability. It, it's, I, th- I mean, it is kind of hokey, but at the same time, it's just kind of a fun effect that I wouldn't have expected in a Zelda game. It really is worth, worth picking up. Just, just try it. You'll like it. I promise. Uh, what else? Oh, um, f- speaking of gaming, and I don't normally... It's been... Okay, let's back up. I played Magic the Gathering. Yes, I, too, had once shuffled decks, dealt cards, and served up a thousand-point fireball from my shivin just because I could. <laughs> I started when Magic started, all right? I, I, I was there at the forefront. I, I played for years. The final, I think the final one that I picked up was uh, Ice Age and 4th Edition, and and have since then not really played. I have all my original decks that I played back then. Played some tournaments, did some fun stuff, but never really fully returned. And that's fine. All my cards are retired or illegal at this point because the game has changed drastically. But I'm really tempted to get back into it, especially when I read this story. Magic the uh, Gathering has uh, launched Middle-Earth's One Ring uh, for the deck and i have to say i'm really really tempted to get back into it the direct message from magic magic the gathering upcoming universes beyond set the lord of the rings tale of middle earth introduces the illustrious one ring card which allows players to succumb to the rings temptation themselves and even choose a creature to uh, be their ring bearer The One Ring's influence extends far beyond just one card, as many other cards in the Tale of Middle-Earth are printed with an entirely new mechanic never before seen in Magic the Gathering, based on the One Ring's temptation. I am wholly in on this. This sounds fun. This sounds compelling, because the one thing that I would always love to do, and it took a lot to do, was bring out Lord of the Pit, which was one of my favorite black cards. But I had to have the Hive in place, because you have to sacrifice a character to the Lord of the Pit, or things just go sideways. So, again, more cards, more fun. But to have this kind of play out seems um, seems fun. Uh, it went on to say, as far as the description, several tales of Middle-Earth cards have the text, The Ring Tempts You, like the legendary enchantment Call of the Ring. Now, Wizards of the Coast has finally revealed exactly what the new ring tempts you means. It's a fascinating new effect that fits in multiple player archetypes, but plays should be players should be wary that Sauron's influence is more powerful in some Magic the Gathering decks and formats than other. And just to see that and them actually taking the time to construct this whole thing based on what it will do to different colors and characters and stuff like that is is fun. I really want to 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 get in on this. So um, 
the one ring itself is a legendary artifact of course it triggers the uh activated abilities but the ring's temptation comes in the form of an emblem rather than a permanent card the one ring's power is an intangible magic force after all so this effect dodges all forms of removal the emblem starts the battle and when the card with the ring tempts you effects say so and explains the rules and details on both sides of the card this looks amazing. There are some images of the cards that I have been able to find, and I'm really, really excited to play this. I know it comes out, I think, in June, I think was the release date that I saw. So this is right around the corner, and I know a lot of people have probably already jumped in on the pre-orders and the collector decks and everything else that goes with a Magic the Gathering. These things are going to fly off the shelf. If you're a Magic fan, or you're a Lord of the Rings fan, I honestly think that this is going to be um, a, a, a huge hit and absolutely something fun to play. And in fact, I'm even thinking I'll probably pick it up just just to have it and just to have fun. Maybe I'll even play. I haven't I haven't dusted off the the deck in a long time. So hey, what the hell? Why not? <sighs> oh, and you know what? I forgot. <laughs> In my ranting with Guardians of the Galaxy, the one best thing out of all of this is a proper villain. The High Evolutionary is just wicked evil. And it is nice to see a proper just villain. I mean, there's there's he is convinced, he's dedicated, he knows what he's doing. Well, sort of. But to see the links of which he would go and to let that character just take the space necessary to evolve <laughs> have you got that and and perform the way he did was amazing he had no qualms about just doing what needed to be done and i honestly think that that is commendable it was it was such a good feeling to have just an outright gnarly villain that you're just like mm, I, you're you're a bad you're a bad bad man Will he come back? Ah, who knows? The if you know anything about the High Evolutionary, there there's so many stories around the guy. I love the character, and uh, I hope to see more. Actually, I hope to see more of him than I do do Kang. I mean, Kang is a proper villain, and there's some there's some fun things about Kang with the Avengers, but I honestly think the High Evolutionary. There, there's just something how they portrayed and what he could bring as a, a major Marvel Universe villain would be impressive. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see the two of them team up, and maybe there's the slight chance, but eh, I think I think we finally got ourselves a Thanos-style baddie for uh, the next phases. And that's about it. There are some rumors dangling about the CW right now. Speaking of Flash, um, Superman and Lois and Gotham Knights are still kind of hanging in the balance in regards to being renewed for another season. I, of course, don't like Gotham Knights, and I'm sure actually after seeing some response from fans and talking to other people, think that it's not coming back. Superman and Lois at least does have some redeemable qualities, and the storytelling has been compelling, even though this season has been more of a downer and a drag than anything else. 
So, that being said, my money is that Superman and Lois should at least return for one more season. Kind of give it a proper send-off. Gotham Knights, you know what? <sighs> make make peace with the TV gods, because I think you're, you're done. And on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye! <laughs> Uh, give us a like, give us a share. We'll be back next week with whatever craziness in the geek verse that has caught my eye. Get you caught up to dates. There are some uh, other stories that are that are building right now that I want to wait, and some shows that I want to need to finish to talk about. There's some fun stuff on Netflix. There have been so many fun shows that I may just do a Netflix only episode of what you need to be watching because there have been some really super super hits for netflix right now so um there you go that's my take that's my thoughts give us a like give us a share let everybody know about your little dirty secret that we are but in the meantime run fast laugh hard and always be kind good night